Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grip Locks Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast, now bi-weekly, because we got a major coming up. Tomorrow starts the Champions Cup, the first major that, of the year. Is bi-weekly, that doesn't mean every other week. Does that mean every other yes, week? Yes, it does. Yeah. It, so what, how twice do you, a week. Twice a week? No, <laughs> yeah. there's got to be... It's got to be weekly. dual nope. weekly. That's because right. weekly is once a week. Two Bi-weekly, a week is I'm pretty sure it's every two weeks. Yes. Yeah. Two a week phrase. <laughs> Sorry. Two a week phrase. Give me a second here. Bi-weekly or bi-monthly can mean the same thing because the prefix bi oh, can mean so occurring can mean every two or occurring well, twice. Well, that's in. confusing. Wow. Therefore, therefore, love when people use therefore. This is from Merriam-Webster, by the way. They therefore, bi-weekly can be twice in a week or every other week. And bi-monthly can also be every other week. The English language sucks. So, it really bi-weekly, no because we have a preview show coming in right here. You're listening to it. Yeah, I know you're confused. This isn't Grammar Hour. Champions Cup happens tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow through Sunday is the first major of the year at the beautiful W.R. Jackson. Uh, it's the first time Champions Cup has ever happened. Uh, fourth major I'm excited. has been added. I'm excited. I'm glad we have a fourth major. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say. Say it. Um, it's interesting that it's like a rotating event. Because, I mean... I feel like I feel like I'm getting like attached to uh, W.R. Jackson like, I know. already mentally, mm-hmm. and next year it's gonna be a toboggan. I don't know. I'm writing a whole blog post on like the whole major thing and like how to make them special. So you should check that out. It'll okay. be out this week. But okay. um, where? FDNSports.com. All right, cool. Here's the thing, because like they're like they, I get that the invite structure that they're doing for yes. it is really cool. That is going to make it special, especially when we're actually hearing about the qualification more, because like this year, they just let a lot of people in no matter what. But the like Vegas, two people qualified for next year's Champions right. Cup. But we haven't year, heard about it yet. Next year, we'll feel it a little more because it'll be people like you have to win things or be above a certain rating. They need to add that to UDISC. They have the USDGC yeah, one. Yeah, the qualifier. Th- I agree. Because like two people qualified at Vegas. Yeah. Two people qualified somewhere else. The key, the key thing, and they should set this in stone as early as possible, is that like, this event needs to come back to WR like every five years. Like they need to set a rotation that the same courses are going to get used in that rotation, so that like, yeah, it might not be oh we're back, we're at WR every year, but like we get back to WR after twenty years, and it's like oh remember the last couple times this was played at WR? Like, yeah, like pick three courses or something. Yeah, or just cor- or just a, a number of courses to where like it's going to go to the they have a every feel year. that's synonymous with that event eventually. Like it is going to take time. But I'm excited for it. I'm excited. You know, you just say the word major, and it, and at the same time too, like this is the fourth one, so it's not even like they're adding a fifth or sixth. Like four seems natural to me, so I'm accepting it as a major. It has a cool name, and they didn't do the dumb format, so I'm accepting that. Yes, and you know, I think the players will treat it as such. I think they're smart for starting it at a course that feels special. You know, the site of the Hall of Fame and whatnot. Um, I'm excited for it. I, in my mind, you know, this is, it's not going to feel quite as special as the other majors this year, but it does feel more special to me than the other pro tour events this year. And that is important. Yes. Uh, the course is what makes me the most excited for this major. Uh, WR Jackson, I think is one of the best championship level courses on the face of the planet. Um, great course. and it's great to be coming back. They're very fair fairways, plenty of length to provide challenge to players. And I would say there's like, there's probably like, like three, three holes maybe that are like, eh, kind of dumb, but the rest of that course is yeah. pretty solid. But and every, every course pretty much every single hole 
has an opportunity for scoring separation. Yeah. Which is crucial, yeah. I think, especially with a major. Four rounds, this much scoring separation, and of course, there I will be shocked if the best players don't rise to the top yeah. of the leaderboard. I also think like there's a lot of chances for scoring separation, but W.R. Jackson in the past has always provided a, a tight-knit field. Like The top is always close to each other. Yeah. Well, I think it, especially with the field being as deep as it is, um, it's more so like it prevents someone from pulling ahead, right? But it's not like a birdie or die course, right? It's not sense. like we're going to get to the stretch of the tournament and be like, well, par, 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 and he wins, and it's a super exactly, easy. Like, exactly. There is going to be a bogey birdie swing opportunity on every hole because, like, even we were talking about this last night a little bit on debate night. The the final stretch it goes par three, par four, par five, and it's semi pretty difficult par three. Difficult par four and 17. 17 is the one you have to hit the, the uprights right off the tee. And then an eagle a bull, but also difficult hole yeah, 18. Because the tee where, shot is super tough. Yeah, if you get your tee shot in place, it gives you a chance for eagle, but it's still a hard second shot. If your tee shot's a little short, best you can do is a birdie. If your tee shot's off the fairway, sometimes the best tough you can par, do is yeah. par. And that's still, you still have to execute a tough shot down the last hallway. So yeah. realistically, you could see up to a four stroke swing. On hole 18. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. So that's so exciting because someone could go into hole 18 with a three-stroke lead, and 99% of other tournaments, you're it's over. Yeah. Three-stroke lead, one hole to go, done. This tournament, three-stroke lead, the guy steps up, hits an early tree, guy who's three strokes behind, pures it, and had a look at the eagle. Yeah, the eagle is... I mean, it's I, like, oh boy. I watched Gannon Burr on Instagram throw the easiest two shots for his tap-in eagle on the hole to make me believe, like, if you go pure, pure... Yeah. You got it. It's very easy but, to get that eagle. Yeah, it's, but like it's par very easy. is always in play. You hit the first mm-hmm. tree, you're making par. Exactly. It's very easy if you execute both shots, which is how eagle should be. Yeah. You have to execute two great shots, but they're not easy shots to execute. Yeah. And then 17 is the same way. Like 17, if you get your drive far enough up the hill, you can get the birdie pretty easily. Yeah. But there's the gap right in front of you is so it's small. So small. Oh that my gosh. like like I don't have a long wingspan. I can easily touch both trees. Pretty sure, tough hole. but it, it may be a little wider than my hands. It, mm, not much, but it it's very tight immediately off the tee to where that gets in your head a lot of times, and you're oh, focused yeah. so much on hitting that that you're not as much focused on how much no, how far up the hill your drive was, gets. That's one of those gaps. I remember playing it to where it is so tight that you literally don't think about anything other than hitting the gap as an am level player like all you're thinking is let me throw a disc i'm comfortable that it's just going to hit this gap i don't care what happens after yeah because like it is so small it is ridiculous and then the starting hole i think is great too hole one uh really the starting stretch one is a birdieable hole but it, it's somewhat of a demanding tee shot yeah, oh yeah. um it, it's not something where you can just like with nerves hole one can play very and tough and that second upshot is pretty far like yeah. it's not a super difficult shot if you're, in, if you're in position but like it's not it's not ever going to be routine yeah and so it's enough to to make people think immediately. Hole two is birdieable. Um, little par three, not little par three, somewhat tough par three, but the round just kind of gets going right away. I'll be curious to see how they set it up, and maybe you saw because like when we played it, OB was not very prevalent on that course. No. It's just natural OB. Yeah, like pretty, it seemed the same. On it the seems caddy, kind but. of the same because that that would be an interesting dynamic. Is like. We're going to see a lot of scrambling because there is a lot of natural OB, but we won't see p- players just getting penalized because their drives are... No, the, the penalties on this course are just, you're off the fairway. Yeah, right. Like, being off the fairway, this course also, like, immediately off the fairway isn't awful. Yeah. Like, you can you scramble. Can far back in there. But the farther back into the woods you go, the worse it gets. Yeah. So, a bad shot's penalized because the more you get into the woods, the worse it gets. But, like, immediately off the fairway... 
a lot of times you can find like some type of sneaky line where it's a lot harder than being on the yeah. fairway, but you can still kind of get up and down. The but lines the are farther very fair, off. Though. Yeah, and it, that's the thing that's great as a spectator and as a player is out of a player's hands within the first like five seconds, you know if it's a good shot. Yeah. There's not like, oh, but he's got to sneak past this last little tricky tree. No, yeah. There might be one or if two of those line, on upshots, but if, if a player hits the line, it's going to be good. I'm, I am yeah. curious. It's been so, I mean, it's been, what, three years since mm-hmm. we've seen W.R. Jackson yeah. on film. Um, I, I From what I remember, the live coverage signal's pretty good out there. Um, but I, it's, yeah, been, it's, it's, not- it's been a while since we've seen it filmed i don't even know holes uh it gets back there in the woods a little bit but i mean that place isn't really in the middle of nowhere yeah um whole like that like stretch of like hole four five and six or whatever it is that they're like somewhat new holes that took out the turkey gulch yeah um i'm curious to see how those holes have developed with like continuous growth because when it was there last time those holes were like pretty freshly cut in the brand uh, new ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious to see those now because like there's when we played it, I even it was basically brand new and there was a lot of just like rough underbrush stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially like down in the gulch. Yeah. Like if you ended up down there. It was. But then now it's been three years. I'm curious to see what that looks like, how it's developed. Yeah. It, uh, it's going to be such a nostalgia trip. It's always so funny because you when you've played the course before, like we have and we've played it a, a, quite a few times, even in doubles. Um, you see them step on the tee and you're like, you recognize that shot. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I remember what I threw. And then you see where their shot lands as a pro <laughs> and you see them get up to their second shot and you're like, well, that doesn't look familiar. Yeah, <laughs> not, I've never seen this spot. Like, I was, you're supposed to be like short and left in the woods. Like, yeah, yeah what are you doing 200 feet farther than you're yeah, supposed to not, go? <laughs> that's, not, that's not how this hole is played, but I'm, I'm looking forward. It's, it's always so much fun when I have a history with a course to watch it on camera because like you, you've played it and like even though I don't I can't pick out every hole in my head once they step up to it I'll be like oh yep I remember this one yeah there I would say WR probably has the best assortment of par fours of any course on tour mm-hmm. I'd probably be willing to say that every par four out there takes two shots that and they're two different shots they're two different shots usually it's like a hallway navigator where it's like more like open grass and then that second shot is going to be wooded or vice versa and I feel like every single par four requires two shots and both of them need to be good. None of them need to be like that crazy impossible shot to where it's like you have to like it. Birdie is it is not like a given, but it's very attainable with two solid disc golf shots. Yeah. Um, and that and there's just there's just a lot of there's also a lot of varying and like differences between them. Like you, there's a good a good variety out there for the par fours but i think people who haven't seen the course because it's hasn't really been in the spotlight much really at all i mean even when it was hall of fame classic i feel like it you know we're kind of really just there's so many new disc golf fans right yeah. now that haven't even seen it but um i think you'll understand and because like I, a lot of people i feel like for usddc it was kind of tough for them to get it because like it is i mean you look at it and you're like what are we even looking at here yeah but i think the new disc golf fans that are familiar with just traditional disc golf courses this course will resonate you'll kind of be like oh wow that is a cool course because it's more of your typical mm-hmm. wooded uh disc golf course yeah and it, it plays very difficult double digits is possible out there i think 10 to 12 is going to be hot there someone yeah. could get like 13 or 14 every hole is technically birdieable oh what are we but they're all so demanding we gotta we so, gotta throw out our because our prediction for Texas States. Texas States ended up being... It was pretty close. And we've also played WR, but not recently. No. WR, I'm thinking it's four rounds. I think the winner's going to be 30... 
35. I'm thinking right in there too. I was going to say, if you average eight under, you are really putting yourself in the mix. But I would say you probably have to average around nine under. Yeah, so nine's thirty six. So I didn't. I, I didn't want to go quite yeah. to nine, so I went thirty five. I, I like. I like thirty five. I'll, I'll. I'll agree with that. I like thirty five. I think. I think that feels right. I think the hot round for the tournament's gonna be thirteen under. I think someone's gonna get thirteen. Yeah, and I honestly though, I bet that thirteen. If it's gonna come from somebody who's a top player, it probably happens early in the tournament. Yeah. But, but it'll probably just be somebody random, or like, it'll last be day. someone last day. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. It's fifteen strokes back because like just pop off. Once everybody kind of settles in, like those top guys in a major, thirteen under would be crazy. Yeah. Uh, on FBO, it's gonna be tough to know what it plays like because um, they play from the shorter tees. Last time right. we were here, uh, it was a three round event. MPO winner was at twenty five under. FPO winner was at four under. Uh, and it was Sarah Hokum, and she was four strokes it's clear very of the field. Course. She was the only player under par. I don't know if it's going to play quite that tough again this year. Players have gotten a lot better in the three years on FPO. Um, but I don't think it's going to play much easier. So I'm going like FPO. I think probably like I think nine. if a player can get to double digits under in FPO, yeah, they, they have a good chance at winning. Overall. I would say if you get to double digits under, you win probably yeah. FPO. I mean, but the, the tough part is like someone could shoot like six under in a round in FPO. That would be, that could, would be smoking it would be hot. An, yeah, that would be an, very an, impressive. Yeah, it'd be a, a stellar round. But it also could happen. Yeah. So it's tough to know like, it's just tough to what's going to happen yeah. out there. We haven't um, seen him out there enough, really. Yeah. But, I mean, regardless, you can listen to the scores we just said, and you can tell how much tougher it's going to play than it's gonna, your, your typical courses that you play in disc golf. The FPO and MPO probably as well, you, we probably will see a lot of fluctuating. Yeah. Because you can, you can just go out there one day and you're just getting all the birdies all right. one day or not. Here's a question. The player who comes out and has the hot round in MPO and will also do FPO, round one, do they win? Who has the hot round? Mm-hmm. Round one. Leader I after mean, one round. It's very easy just to say no because the odds are greatly in your favor. So I'm going to say no. I say <laughs> I'm going to no. say no in MPO, yes in FPO. Yeah, that makes sense. Eh, that's valid. That's what I'm saying. I think MPO, I think it's someone outside of like, I don't think it's Paul, Chris, Ricky, or Calvin mm. that has the hot round round one. I think it's someone else, and then yeah. I think that they disappear. I think after day mm. two, they're not on lead card anymore. I mean, that's a that's a frequent. Well, here's here's how it works. If if somebody in that top group that you mentioned gets the hot round, there's a really good chance that they win because those guys know how to go wire to wire. I mean, we just saw Dickerson do it not that long ago. I think it was at Belton. And uh, but if somebody who is kind of under the radar, all of a sudden they're on that lead live card that day major. two major with all these big names that's when the moment a lot of times is too big for them and yeah. that's why we see them fade away um so the, yeah i mean i that's that's typically the i also theme. feel like on a course like this where it is so birdie bogey you'd kind of rather be the one chasing yes than the one being chased you'd rather yeah. be the one putting pressure if on you trip yeah. then like if you if you mess up one hole no, you yeah. just got everybody you, at your heels I, you don't really want to have a lead in a major i mean you want to have a lead. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it would suck to have a, a lead in a major. a comfortable spot, a, like honestly, a comfortable spot is to just not really be leading the tournament until that round four. And even then, you like having a big lead is an uncomfortable place. You'd to rather be. be like two. I think the best spot, because players would probably pick this, would be two or three strokes yeah, back if, going into round four. Right, because if you're two or, like, obviously, yes, you want to be up two or three strokes. But if you are two or three strokes back, you're not uncomfortable. You're hungry. You're looking to chase somebody down, but yeah. you're not feeling nervous and uncomfortable. You're you just don't excited. have pressure on you. No, you're excited yeah, for the opportunity. Pressure you put on yourself, but you're, whoever you're that not leader three strokes is, lead. Yeah, whoever that leader is, they're the one who are, are in the best spot, but they're also the most uncomfortable. It's just, it's kind of just how golf is. Like being in that lead, 
going to that final day, especially if you kind of have, you know, three, four, five strokes to where like that is a cushion that you should be winning with. That's when it gets really tough. Yeah. Like, that's that's tough stuff right there. Now, one of the storylines with W.R. Jackson in general in this park in general is the the spectators. So um, I've talked about this before. There's only 400 tickets available a day. Uh, and before I talked about how they weren't sold out, uh, a local told me that basically the VIP pass is sold out basically instantly because that's the only way you can actually watch and walk with cards to watch the full round. And then the Bushnell Boulevard Pass is essentially the trail system that goes around the park. So you can see some holes, yeah. but you can't see consecutive like hole after hole after hole. Um, and you're kind of like walking this trail system through and there's some holes that you just can't see at all. Those are the ones that, as of right now, still haven't sold out. So as of right now, there's still 160 Bushnell Boulevard Passes on Thursday out of the 400. So on Thursday, there's only going to be if everyone, because VIP passes, some of them were for the full weekend. Same with Bushnell. There's 100 Bushnell Boulevard passes that were for the full weekend. So if all those people showed up on Thursday, then we're looking at what? 240, 240 right. people out there on Thursday. And then 60 of the Friday ones are still available. Saturday and Sunday are fully sold out. So um, I really wish, first major of the year, I really wish we could see where like it's hard to know where disc golf is uh yeah gallery wise because like the first major of the year that's going to draw a big crowd and like could we have gotten 2000 people out there who knows it it is honestly to me it is still a head scratcher i understand it's this really tough balance when you're selecting a course between like catering to the broadcast and the spectators which tends to kind of be one and the same with your course selection or catering to just the history of the sport and the players, I guess, kind of, but like galleries are good for the players too, um, in a lot of ways. But that's why the WR Jackson selection, while I like it as a longtime disc golf fan, number one thing you have to remember is you have so many new disc golf fans at this point that picking a course with history isn't really as important as they probably think it is. Like yeah, you can pick a true. brand new course and guess what? This is day one of a, of a new major anyways. So whoop de doo and there's so many new disc golf fans that like it's fine to do that because like I and I don't know how many spectators they could get. I mean, but we're at, we were at USDGC. I mean, there's thousands of people there. It seems like so. I'd like to think there's potential for a little more. I mean, 400 people. They're all going to be following the lead card pretty much on the last day. Well, no, because or how many of them are the Bushnell ones? A lot. That's like so, 300 so, of them, I believe. Yes, yeah, so that's not good. That's not like that's where I kind of have an issue is like not let me double check that to make sure I'm not lying. But you you've gotta you've gotta pick a venue that can suit more spectators, I think. I think I think that's just what it comes down to. Like I I don't It's I don't, just so hard because how do can you have a how how can you have a so wood course with Saturday, a lot of spectators? Uh two hundred right. Bushnell Boulevard and Week long Bushnell Boulevard is a hundred, so three hundred of the spectators are on Bushnell Boulevard, and yeah. then there's VIP for Sundays twenty five, and the other VIP is the week long at eighty. Yeah, so a hundred and five people will be walking behind the card. Yeah, it's not good. It's no, not it's good. nothing. I, that's nothing. That's just not a good look for a major because like that is a big thing. That well, it's also like future clips 
aren't going to know, oh, it's at this course right. with only this limited parking and stuff like that. You're going to look just at gonna it. Be like, oh, nobody was there. Like, imagine the James Conrad yeah. throw in with right. 100 people behind him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like a huge moment in our sport. <laughs> it's all over Sports Center, all over everything. And there's right. yeah. one line of people like, yeah. Right. It's a big deal that you see a lot of people there. Like that's yeah. important for people to be like, oh wow. That's what uh we recently on our TikTok posted a uh, um clip of Paul hitting the plate yeah, at USCGC. People, people are like, oh my people gosh, like, that, that many, many people watch Frisbee? Frisbee? Yeah. Like, holy cow. Yeah, because like it was a huge gallery. Exactly. That, now imagine if that was only a hundred people surrounding yeah. that that it's whole one green. It'd super, been like Yeah, it's about how many people I expect to be watching. Super Frisbee. important for the brand. I it's it's so tough. But like I, I really think like if I were running a major, a brand new major even if I do plan on rotating courses, I'm I'm going to go ahead and um, pick a course that I know I can get them as many spectators as possible because I think that that is a very easy way to really raise the level of legitness that people are going to perceive your event as. If you just if you a pick an area that is hungry like full of disc golfers and b pick a, a venue that you can five thousand people sure whatever. And like you can get a huge draw, people are going to watch that and automatically feel the atmosphere because it's loud. People are roaring all over the course, and you just see that many people lined up. Like it, it gives it a special feel. And I wonder, you know, I guarantee you, the PDGA probably had their their hand in this because it's literally their headquarters. Well, it's also a major, and so. it's and it. Well, yeah, it's their major. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I, they I'm, had they definitely had their hands right, in. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, someone sh- say they're the only ones with their hands in. Yeah, it. both their hands. So like yeah. that. That's where like I'm not putting this on the tournament director or anything. I don't even, no. Like Robert Leonard, didn't they probably even, told him he didn't even have a hand in the format originally that he didn't that yeah. I, he didn't agree with. I don't think so. Um, I think this goes to the PDGA wanted, but like they're gonna have to realize something like. Because I think the Pro Tour wouldn't do this. I feel like the Pro Tour, well, they've done some things like this before, but like it's just a tough decision because the course is so good. The course right. is major level, but you know I, what I mean. But, but the property is one thing. If it was like a thousand people, but like a hundred, if there's gonna be a hundred people behind that last day card, that's just bad. That's too bad. There's got to be a number where you're like, that's a deal breaker. And you've got Bushnell. Well, even if the max, like four hundred people can be out there. So eighteen on hole eighteen, four hundred people can be in that. That's a warm up field though. I think they can kind of be in the field. The Bushnell Boulevard doesn't look like it allows them in the field. I'm going to assume they can be. But so hole 18, tapping out, you're going to have 400, maybe some maybe some of the players stay around. that's just hole 18, though. Yeah, and that's if they actually... Because if you look at the map, they're not allowed in that field, here's, where I'm talking here's about. Here's another thing you have to realize, is when you are selling an event, um, your sponsorship activation doesn't end with the broadcast or no the biggest thing for on-course assets is spectators exactly so Bushnell is getting a short end of the stick here only having that many people there you're losing opportunities to be able like I mean if you're selling an event to somebody and you're like yeah we're gonna have 10,000 people whatever 5,000 people on site that's a huge deal compared to a couple also vendors are gonna pay more to be there like all this stuff and like, I mean, it's just, it's tough. It, it's, yeah. they're in a tough situation. The pro they, tour must get it because I mean, they just announced a concert series. Like they, I think they, I think the pro tour and like, it's almost like they're halfway to there too, because like they're trying to like do these different packages and like halfway work for the spectators. But like you have to start at the, at the starting line, which is actually making it so that a lot of spectators can be there in the yeah. first place. Before well, you that's cater the thing to too, that. is like mm-hmm. the, yeah. 
Like a, it's just a tough situation because we talked about the course, how much the course is amazing. It's a great perfect. course, but it's a, it's, really, it's like you need to pick that course up and put it on its own property yeah. where it can have it's 5, a gut wrenching. It's a gut wrenching issue in in disc golf right now, and it's not really going to be solved in a way that makes everybody happy until more people create private disc golf properties. And I think that trend is hopefully going to start happening more. And it, at the very beginning, it's probably just going to be people that are enthusiasts yeah. have land and are like, I'm going to make this course. Cause that's kind of what it's already been. You know, the preserve is kind of like that. Um, Maple Hill, like they didn't have to put a disc golf course out there, but they chose to. Um, but I think that hopefully that will eventually be, that's going to be the, the solution is when we have more disc golf specific properties. Um, and like W.R. Jackson is a disc golf specific property, but they wasn't built to field modern disc golf. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't. That's not why it was designed because you can design. I believe that you can design courses that can have the best of both worlds as far as having some woods, but also being able to accommodate spectators. It just has to be thought out mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like they, we need to start essentially future proofing the courses that we design um, when we have the option available yeah it's just it's a very intriguing thing that's gonna keep getting it's gonna bottleneck the sport if we can't figure out a way around it yeah that's the last thing we want yeah uh another thing that makes this tournament very exciting being the first major of the year is it's by far the deepest field of the year uh there's a hundred mpo players in the field and only three players are outside of a thousand rated how many players um i know you were mentioning earlier the uh how many players like were under 10, 22? Do we know the percentage of the field? Mm-mm. I was going to say, cause like that'd be interesting to see just like what percentage of the field can statistically yeah. win. No. Yeah. 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 I, I just, up. I don't, I, I didn't do that math. I'm look it up. <laughs> uh, this is also the first time this year that we've seen drew Paul and Eagle in the same field. We've seen mm-hmm. drew and Paul in the same field. We've seen drew and Eagle in the same field. This is the first time we've seen all three of them. Um, so it, it's going to be a very deep field, very exciting field. Pretty much everyone's going to be there. MPO and FPO. Um, so it, it's all signs point to a very, very exciting weekend. While Trevor's looking that up, I'm looking something up before I say it to make sure that it's public knowledge. Um, you know, it's probably enthralling content to just watch us on. (laughs) This is pretty, I'm having a great time. Why don't you entertain him, Connor? All right. Okay. Wait, I got it. Nope. He's back. Sorry. So if you were listening, it was last podcast, right? Yeah. If you're listening to the last podcast, we talked about like the statistical thing of like if you're basically if you are below 1022 rating, like you are like statistically, it's statistically impossible for you to win um, based on how much data was that based on? It was like on? a 1% chance. Well, no, that was for if you're 1022 rated, you have oh, a 1% oh, chance. Yeah. And then it goes up. Of the field of 100, only 45 players are 1022 and above. And quite a significant number of them probably another 20 or so aren't even 1030 which is which based on his stats like you're probably still very very low percentage chance of winning so it, that's that's crazy to think about okay it is so i guess technically only one person below 1022 needs to win to like change the statistic to like give it what give was what chance. was the percent of the field 55 people are below 1022 oh wow so over <laughs> half the field yeah 55% yeah, easy. We're easy getting to there. Do, easy We're getting to do there. statistics when there's only 100 people in the field. Yeah, <laughs> baby, baby steps. We're getting there. All right. So some keys to victory here. Now these are based on me being able to play the course previously because the last time we were there, there wasn't new disc there. 
as far as I could find. We've been there. Well, there's so if normally was, keys, keys to victory are based on stats of like these are the stats that stood out that led someone to win last time. This is based there. on my gut. To be fair, not only have we been there, but we've played competitively there. It's not even we've, like we've played a major there. All we right, did, everyone. We, did play a we major played there. a major so. at and WR. Hunter came in third. Mm-hmm. You came third. in third too as a team. That's right. You came in third as an individual. <laughs> yes. So this is a podium major finisher at WR Jackson. So you really so, should listen. This thing on. Listen up. Here it's we back go. When Hunter was good. Yeah. He was, he was not nasty really. I just had. It. I just nasty. popped off for a tournament. That's all I needed. You uh, also had a win that year, so. I mean, come on. Stop, but keep going. Um, <laughs> keys to victory, MPO. Uh, first and foremost, I think it's a scramble rate. Um, you, pretty much yeah. no player is going to get through a round unscathed when it comes yeah. to during drives and everything, but the key is making sure that your scorecard doesn't show it when you your drive is in a position. Damage. Uh, winner's going to have to get up and down more often than not. That's pretty obvious on a wooded course. Second thing is fairway hits, uh, especially for MPO. I think having your drive in play is extremely crucial because it makes the second shots on par fours, second shots on par fives, yeah, I think it, so much easier. I think it's going to be pretty tough. It is the type of course where once you get your shot in the fairway, it's pretty tough to make bogey. Yeah, there's a few exceptions, but like you're gonna you're gonna have a really good chance to make par at at worst. Yeah, but you gotta be you gotta be getting off the tee clean, yeah. and when you don't, you gotta be up and it's down. It's miserable when you don't get off the tee. FPO. I think one of the big, big ones out here is putting because uh, it's just a course where scoring is very hard and you can't be bleeding strokes yeah, on the green. So when you have a look at birdie, you have to be able to take it. Or when you have a putt for par or who bogey, you, who are you, talking to? you have to salvage. The FPO who listeners. Are FPO listeners. Um, the, uh, nope. Uh, scramble rate. <laughs> uh, realistically, real talk here. Evelina Solomon. Oh, here we go. If you can figure out <laughs> point A, this course sets up for Evelina Solomon How, to win. A okay, major. wait. Let's set a line. Because um, Evelina is, Evelina do, is, is dominant strokes. She's game, so good at throwing, degree. and this course is a thrower's course. If what, she can what just percentage, make, what percentage C one X does she need to be at to win? I'm gonna say 50. 52. 52. 50, if so Evelina that, makes, make a statement, if she makes fifty two percent, does I'm she counting, win? C one C one X putts. C one X. If if Evelina Solomon makes fifty two percent of C one X putts, she wins. Wow. There it is. Wow. There it is. Very brave of you. (laughs) Very brave. C one X putts. So I mean, if she's making fifty two percent of that, hopefully she's making the X as well inside ten. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would guarantee it unless she makes sixty. He guarantees it. That's a hundred times guarantee. That's a hundred times guarantee. But really, putting putting though is crucial out there because like. For instance, Evelina, if you get to the green one stroke ahead to rest your card mates and then you miss that 20 footer, they might be 100 feet out, but they get up and down and you took the same score. Right. Uh, and it that goes for It really hurts to be bad at putting. Yeah. Well, especially on this Man, course. Being bad at putting is just so inconvenient. We can all t- speak from experience. It's what makes you so upset Not when Connor. you play with a new player. Not Connor. No, that's true. He's Connor's a got a straddle putter. putter. Uh, yeah. I'm good at putting now, but I've experienced being bad at putting. Yeah. Uh, and then scramble rate, same thing with MPO. Uh, Whenever FPO gets off, if you're in the FPO field, whenever you get off the fairway, gotta find a way to get to the green as as quick as you can. You gotta do it because um, I mean minimizing minimizing damage out there, having a clean scorecard, that's gonna be crucial on a course like this. Scoring is gonna be hard to come by, and you gotta find ways to do it out there. So, all right, for majors, prediction points are doubled. So if this is your Boom. first time listening to a show, essentially what we do is we pick Getting first, crushed. second, third, and a dark horse pick. And it's kind of like Wordle scoring. 
So if you have someone in the top three, but in the wrong place, you normally get one point. If you have someone in the top three and in the right place, you get three points. And then you, if our Dark Horse pick, who is someone outside the UDISC top 50 world ranking, whoever finishes the best of our Dark Horse pick gets two points. But for majors, it's doubled. So we're going two, six, and four. Oof. Boom. Uh, Man, you could, you could, somebody this week is going to have house. a devastating lead after this week. Uh, but there's four a, majors. I was know? having yeah. a comfortable lead, and now it's so going to be a little bit So coming into this tournament, majors. Connor is in the lead at 21 total points. What I up? am in second at 14 total points, and Trevor is in third at 11. So, uh, Connor, you're the current in-house leader. Let's start with yeah, you. MPO top three predictions. Okay. I had a really hard time with my difficult. top three predic- predictions. So, what I boiled it down to, and I did not pick it according to this one. You know what I'm saying it. But it's, they just got to play good for four rounds. It's yes. not going to be someone who's just good and can play well, but they got to play good for four Very rounds. Very insightful. Love that it. That is incredibly insightful. That being said, I booted Paul out of my top three. I should have kept him in there, but you know what? That's what I wrote down, and so I'm sticking to it. All I right. really that, that is I'm saying that because it, I'm very happy to hear you say that. That is an exact opposition of what I just said because Paul is the most likely to play well for four rounds. Correct. Yes. I don't I don't know why he's not in there for me because there were some other really good choices. My number one is Ricky. Okay. I think Ricky's got it. Uh, then I got Chris Dickerson in second. Good in the woods. Yeah. And then I, I, I have Drew Gibson as my third. Heck not yeah, a bad Connor. Pick. I know it's of course not a bad pick, but it, we haven't seen him since he he's, won. He's I, got I, a new home. For some reason in my head, he has the likelihood to do better. Like he has the potential to do better on this course than Paul, but is he going to do it for four? Now yeah. that's a crazy statement. I know. I yeah, know it is. That doesn't make any sense. Okay. So but. I'll go with my top three next because I also don't have Paul in my top three, but for an okay. actual reason. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. He's nursing an elbow injury. We don't Whoa. know how, Serious it is, how much it's going to affect him. I don't think it's super serious, but I know it affects his forehand. I think now you just said that you're going to get a text later today, and he's going to say he's 100%. <laughs> he might be. I know it's affecting his forehand. Lock it in, though, please. I am. I know it's affecting just his forehand. Just be clear, that had, to do, that had a little bit to do with my choice as well. Okay. So oh, okay. I thought it was because Drew Gibson had more potential. Uh, will he ever be more than potential, though? <laughs> Come on. Exit 44 lyric. You, you, you wouldn't get it. Um, <laughs> you wouldn't get it. Uh, Paul, this is a course I think you're going to need a forehand on, at least some. And I don't know where Paul's forehand sits right now. doesn't know it. And so, therefore, I'm not putting him in my top three. Yeah. If if Paul's 100%, this is the dumbest take of all time. Because this is a course I think Paul will do very good major. at. And it's a major. Paul's major, major. Um, but I'm going with Calvin Heimberg, third place. Ricky Wysocki, second place. Winning the first major of the year. Mr. Woods himself, Chris Dickerson. I think we all have players in in different slots. Wait, I'm so wait. So he had Calvin say, in third. Calvin, okay. So you I have Dickerson, Dickerson first. Ricky, Calvin. I okay. think we're all gonna have our okay. players in different slots, which is great. It's gonna make for a lot of yeah. uh, parity here. I'm very happy that none of you took Paul because that means if Paul finishes in the top three, I'm gonna get free points on both of you. Um, and I feel like that was just. Really, the reason. Hold on, can I say another reason? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Keep changing it. It was this. No, this was my actual reason. Okay, I this, thought this guy's I beating want, us by seven points. By the way, yeah, he is crushing. Hey, us. come on, man. <laughs> Keep I, going. This, this makes sense, actually. Okay, because Drew this is what, this is what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. There's no Drew, doubt about Drew it. Because I had, third. Paul's not gonna be the top three. <laughs> because I had my choice. I genuinely want Ricky and Chris Dickerson first and second, and I don't think that. Again, we've talked about this. I don't think Paul's. But a you third didn't take Calvin person. either. 
Well, you're right. I, I don't think Paul is a third place person. So I think Paul's either pushing for first and and getting hurt for it, or he's going to be in the top one or two. And so, but I wanted Ricky. That's, and Chris that's a fair ones. argument. That's, that's, that's fine. That, that is actually what I was thinking. Um, so I have Chris Dickerson in third. <laughs> Until I'll tell you another thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've got Chris Dickerson in third. I've got Ricky in second, and I've got Paul in first. This is one where like it was very tough for me to bounce Calvin out of my top three. It. That one I'll probably regret, but I don't think Calvin is going to win the major. I think one of those three I just named is going to win it. Yeah. So I, I feel like that. that's where the guaranteed points comes in. And I also I felt the the room vibe earlier that like Paul was not going to be picked by at least one of you two. So I was like, I've got to get Paul in mine because that could just be huge. Because now mm-hmm. if Paul wins, I'm getting six points gained on both of you. That would be big. Um, I guess I'll lead off the dark horse picks. Like, no, go go FPO FPO first. Okay, I'll lead off with FPO. Um, this is a tricky one for FPO. This course is going to be very demanding. Um, I, there's really no telling what's going to happen, but I think four rounds is another one where it's like you got to go with talent. Uh, I have Paige in third. I've got mm. Katrina Allen in second. And I've got Kristen Tatar in first. I think she's a wow. pretty a pretty consistent Woods player, and I think she's just going to play four solid rounds. I don't think she's going to do anything flashy, but I think she's going to hang around and 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 just kind of like hold on to it down the stretch. All right, going in for my FPO, I also have Paige Pierce coming in third. Um, I have Kristen Tatar in second, though. Uh, I I agree with you. I think that this course it plays very well for her strengths, but I think it plays for another player's strength slightly better because Katrina Allen, for years, I've said is the best FPO thrower of the disc, I and this is a thrower's course. This is a thrower's course. So this is Katrina Allen's first win, first major win with DGA on her back. Congratulations, Katrina Allen. Congratulations, Katrina Allen. Maybe can you unblock me if you win? No, dude. I feel like that makes a lot of sense. I went uh, (laughs) in third place, Kristen Tatar. Do we have the same people for everyone? Yes. Yeah, heck yeah. But somehow different orders. I have in third place Kristen Tatar, and then I've got Katrina Allen in second, and I've got Paige I like that we all have a different winner. We have a di- we all have a different winner for both divisions. Yeah, because you I'm have just Ricky. About you had Ricky for MPO, right? He has Ricky. Yeah. I have Dickerson. You have Paul. Oh, this is great. I was I I chose Paige just because I could see her throwing this course better because she could, yeah. crushes and putts. She lost by four to Sarah Hokum last time they were here. Mm. Um, but this is rounds. definitely it wasn't four rounds. It was three rounds. So she would have lost by uh, more <laughs> if there was a fourth round. Um, no, Paige, betting against Paige in a major, I'd put her in my top three because I'm not stupid. Paige is going to be stupid. in the top three. Well, although you, you could say I first. am stupid because I didn't put Paul in my top three on the NBA. Okay, stupid. Thank you. Stupid. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, selfishly, I hope I'm wrong with the Paul not being in top three. I hope that he of is. Of course. But so all, unselfishly. I always want him to win everything. But I guess flip-flop selfishly, I hope I am right because that'll give me more points. That's crazy. You're living, you're living a double life over there. Dark, like horse. Dark horse. Dark horse. Are you okay? Dark Connor. What you got? You you're crying a little bit. It happens. You're really worried about Paul's yeah, injury. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> got me worried, man. Okay. Uh, all right. My dark horse pick. Not going to go into it too much. Andrew Fish. Uh, that's I a great of, pick. I, I almost I, that, picked him. That I just. There's no reason not to. Well, so. here's the thing. Back in the day, Michael Johansson tore this course up, and I feel like Similar Andrew game. Fish is like the reincarnation of Michael Johansson. Yeah, I kind of get Even that. Even though they're both. Still existing. I kind of get that. <laughs> but still he reincarnated while he still alive. Yeah. He switched bodies. They there you go. Freaky, they freaky Friday. Friday. <laughs> Andrew Fish is the Freaky Friday version of Michael Johansson. Uh, I, I picked this player up. for one reason and one reason only, 
and that was he was at the Battle for Bedford playing New London. He and he played it very well. Kinda. And New London is similar to W.R. Jackson. And he's also very young. So my dark horse pick is Evan Scott. I oh. like that pick. Moment's too big. No, nah, man. All right. I'm my, not picking him to win. He's, a, he's also very I'm picking nice. him to beat Andrew Fish and whoever you're about to say. He's really nice. Aaron Gossage. Really nice. Aaron, Aaron Gossage has been like, he's just having a pretty decent season, it looks like to me. Um, and he's like. Is he a wooded player? It doesn't matter. Oh, okay. No, he played, we on a wooded he course. played well at Waco. Waco's, yeah. Waco's kind of wooded. And he played. He came in fifth there. So I saw that on, on his radar, at least. He had like one bad finish this year, but the rest of his round, the rest of his finishes this year would probably be good enough to win the dark horse pick. And he's right outside of the top fifty; he's literally fifty first. So yeah, that's kind of Evan cheese. Scott's outside the top hundred. So if he wins, I should get more bonus. But he's on the rise. I never negotiated that. I did not negotiate that, and I would I will not um, take it if you try to offer it to me. Okay, well that's my pick, Aaron Gosling. There we go. So there it is. There's our predictions. Great job, uh, everybody. Super excited. The major starts Man. tomorrow. Be live streamed on Disc Golf Network what? or post produced. What's going on, on Sunday though? Post-produced on all the other normal things. Sunday, we'll be doing a companion stream for the MPO final round. Uh, Should start around 2.30, TBD, yeah, just look out for the tee time and know that we'll be there. On our main channel, Foundation Disc Golf. If you're not subscribed there, we're on the road to 100,000. We're 72% of the way there. Uh, I like that. Graphic, yeah, that was great. Connor. Connor. Well done. Thank Can we you. just get some appreciation? If you haven't watched Connor's editing recently, he's if been taking off. If you haven't seen Techno Trevor, if you missed Techno Trevor and Bill Gates, what are you doing? Anyways, companion stream will be going down on Sunday. I believe Silas is in. There's a chance we'll uh, have Bob Stob, not this Bob Stob, the real Bob Stob. Maybe. In house, possibly. Uh, if nothing else, it should be me, Trevor, and Silas. Maybe a little Tyler Staub and Bob Staub action. We'll see Maybe. what happens. And uh, we'll have side bets for the Champions Cup. We have our own Champions Cup that we will be doing side bets yeah. for. Um, if you if you caught last one when we freaked out because James Comrade threw in, and that's what ended up winning me that chair, uh, we're going to have side bets going on again. To one of us walking away with the Champions Cup. So yeah, just pull us up on your other screen. Yeah, and essentially, watch along with us. Best way to do it is have the YouTube tab open with the actual coverage on, and then have our YouTube tab open just in the background. Or just go like TV, TV phone, phone vice versa. A lot of screens. You people have screens on their fridge. Throw us yeah, up there. Throw we'll us be, on your fridge. We'll be rooting on your fridge. You know? Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, <laughs> but if you don't have someone to watch, if you don't have someone to watch Champions Cup now coverage with you, now you do. That's what we're here for. And it's going to be a great time. We're going to have tons of fun. Hopefully, you have fun alongside with us. Yep. So, And then we'll be back on Monday to recap it all, recap what I... It's going to be a great event, um, and talk about the first major Man, year. Man, I hope nobody wins down. by like 10. That would stink. It's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. Before we go, mm-hmm. what is the winner's margin? Winner's margin? MPO. One. one. I, I say we go to a playoff. Oh, playoff! Mm. Playoff would be sick. That I wonder. Cool. I wonder what. what I wonder what holes that would be very cool. I, I mean, Probably I one. want. I want a playoff. So you going playoff? But I think that it's going to be. Who do I have in first? Ricky. Mm. I think it's. I think it's going to be like one. One. So yeah. one one playoff is the predictions. Can't wait for someone to win by five. We'll see you <laughs> in the companion stream on Sunday.